Amen. It is a blessing to be able to be back with you today. We're going to uh, tonight be talking a lot about Uganda and what the Lord is doing there, so I hope you'll come back for that. And so we'll be talking much more there. Uh, but this morning, it's, it's interesting, true purpose. Now, that's not the name of my, my message this morning, but it's God's purpose. It's interesting how the Lord works things out. If you take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 8, I do want to say thank you to you as a church for your support financially and prayerfully for us for over 25 years. Uh, it has been a, a long time that you've been supporting us, and uh, we're so thankful for what the Lord has been doing here. Um, we were talking that when we first came, you were in the storefront, and then you've been in the tent for a while, and now in the building for a while. And what a blessing to see how God is working here at Faith Baptist Church. Romans chapter 8, a very familiar verse, verse 28 We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I want to bring the attention to those last few words there, according to his purpose. We like to use this verse whenever problems come our way and try to to make it seem like, well, you know, it's all going to work out. But things work out for those who are following God's purpose. Look over in chapter 9, verse 17. It says, For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Here we have God using Pharaoh for his purpose. Now, we know that Pharaoh had a choice because every person has a choice. But God used Pharaoh and his choice against God for God's purpose. I don't want God to use my bad choices for his purpose. Think about that. God is going to get the glory no matter what. But why would I want God getting glory because I've done something bad? You say, well, how does God get glory by it? Well, God tells you in his word what's right and what's wrong. He tells you what's going to happen if you do right. He tells you what's going to happen if you do wrong. Why do I want God to get glory by me doing wrong and the Bible saying, see, told you. I would rather God get glory by me doing what's right and actually bringing glory to God. What is God's purpose for your life? Are you just floating through life? Whatever comes, comes. Whatever happens, whatever comes, you know, just kind of drifting. Well, my purpose is to get a job. Is that God's purpose? There's always a better job, better paying, better options. Well, when I get married, well, then some people think, oh, I didn't marry the right one. There's a better one out there. Nice car. Cars get old. Oh, I'm going to travel the world. Well, there's always one more place. Grandkids. My purpose is to get married, get a job, be able to retire, enjoy my grandkids. Those are not bad things. But is that the only reason God has you on this earth? Is that the true purpose that God has for you? Must be something more. And there is. Go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 
Everybody is different. God has a purpose for each person in a different way. It all comes from the scripture, but everybody's purpose is different. God has made the church like a body with all kinds of different parts, all working together for the glory of God, but every part is different. Some parts do the same, but some do very different things, but they all work together. Look in verse 10, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. Well, let's go to verse, let's start with verse 9. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. And even he talks about, you knew my persecutions and afflictions. But notice that he said there, you knew my purpose. Paul said very clearly to these people, or to Timothy, you knew my purpose. You knew what God had for me. What was his purpose? Well, I think you could go to the end of the chapter there, verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect. I think that's the ultimate purpose of Paul. Go to verse, uh, let's go to verse 14 first. He's talking to Timothy, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. In other words, everything is going to come from the Scriptures. Verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. I think that's the first purpose of Paul. He wanted everybody to know Jesus Christ. Salvation was number one purpose. And the scriptures tell us that you can find that truth from the word of God. Even Timothy, from a young child, knew the scriptures, and that knowledge that he had as a young child was enough to to get him saved, to know the truth. Now, I don't know uh, you all here this morning. I don't know if you're a visitor, if you're a member, so I'm not picking anybody, picking on anybody, but are you saved? See, that's God's number one purpose for your life, too. It is. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross for every one of you so that you could be saved. That's God's first purpose for you because without the first one, the rest won't matter. Nothing is going to come after the first one if the first one's not there. Salvation. And what is salvation? Well, there's a lot of religion out there that gives you all kinds of ways of salvation, but there's only one way according to the scriptures. And he says it right there. Salvation is through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. It's not in your own works. It's not in being baptized. It's not in joining joining a church, being born in a Christian family, keeping the law. It is only by faith in Jesus Christ. When you trust in what he did on the cross for you, and you put your faith in him, that's it. And that's purpose number one. My, my message is not the true purpose, but it, it, it's perfect. That's the first true purpose for your life is salvation. Accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Doesn't stop there. Let's go to verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I think this is the second part of Paul's purpose that Timothy knew. And that was, after salvation, 
comes separation. You're saying, I don't see that. Well, there's an easy way to remember those four things in verse 16. Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. There's, there's easy ways to remember. remember that. Number one, doctrine is what's right. The Word of God is very clear in telling us what is right. It's full. From Genesis to Revelation, there is doctrine. This is what is right. Then there's reproof. We don't like that part because that's what's not right. We don't want anybody to tell us no. I think that's why we're in a mess that we are today because people aren't being told no. Well, I might offend them. The Bible says no. Bible very clearly tells you what is not right. It doesn't stop there because sometimes even when we're saved, we do what is not right. We do. But that's the word of God, again, is there for correction. That helps us to get right. When we've done wrong, we've veered from the path, we've gone our own way, the word of God is there to help us to get right. And then the last one, instruction of righteousness, that's to stay right. It helps us stay right where we're supposed to be. So once a person is saved, that's purpose number one. Once a person is saved, then they get in the word of God, and the word of God tells them this is what's right, this is what's not right. If you've done wrong, here's how to get right. And then number four, how to stay right. Keep doing what is right. That means we've got to live a separated life. We're not like the world anymore. The world is doing what's wrong. What does it mean to be a Christian? We say we're a Christian, but what does that mean? People say they get saved, but they continue in the same way that they were going before they got saved. We're supposed to be different from the world. We're not supposed to look like the world so we can win the world. If I'm in darkness... When I get saved, I'm now light. Do I go back to being darkness so I can reach those in darkness? How can I reach them? I must be light. They have to see a difference in me because of Jesus Christ. Not because of me, but the Bible says, let them see your light in you and what glorify your father. Not lift you up because it's not me. I'm a reflection of Jesus Christ. What am I reflecting? Am I truly reflecting Jesus Christ or am I reflecting me? Am I reflecting the world? When the world looks at me, do they see Jesus? That was one of our themes there in Uganda for, our, for the year for the church was let others see Jesus in you. When the world looks at you, do they see the world or do they see Jesus Christ? If you're saved, that's number one purpose. Number two purpose is to be like Jesus Christ, to separate yourself from the world so that the world can see Jesus in you and then accept you. You remember Israel back in the Old Testament? They they had a lot of laws, and I'm glad. I love the Jews, and, and I would say pray for them. Pray for Israel right now. But when you go back to the Old Testament, I'm glad I wasn't a Jew then because they had a lot of laws. How many like pork? Amen, ribs and all that. I'm glad I wasn't a Jew. We had a guy in Uganda that he was a, he was a Muslim. And of course, Muslims are not allowed to eat pork. Well, he got saved. And we had an activity one time at our house and he came and we had some roasted pork. 
he ate that and he said, if I had ever tried this before when I was a Muslim, I would stop being a Muslim. He said, this pork is so sweet. But Jews weren't allowed to have pork, shrimp, all those kind of things, catfish. Uh, they, there were a lot of things. They had to uh, keep the Sabbath. Uh, they couldn't, they had to dress certain ways. So many things about them. What was that? What was the purpose for that? Think about it. Israel was the nation that God was going to bring the Messiah through to save the world. They didn't have the scriptures. Uh, they didn't have the Bible like we have the Bible today. So God's purpose in making Israel different was so that all these other nations would look at Israel and say, wow, they're different. The way they worship their God is different. The foods they eat is different. What is all this? Uh, Think about the Sabbaths. Not only once every week they had to rest, but every seven years. Once every seven years, they couldn't plant. No planting for the whole year. If you're a farmer, can you uh, survive if you don't plant for a whole year? Now, they also had something called the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee was after the 49th year. It was the 50th year. And you know what? They couldn't plant on the 50th year. So 49, no planting. The year 50, no planting. Two years, they couldn't plant. But yet God said, if you'll do it, I'll take care of you. Now, you have these other nations looking at Israel thinking they haven't planted for two years. How are they surviving? We're planting and we don't have enough food for ourselves. Go and find out what is Israel's key. Find out how they are surviving. And they come back and say, it's not Israel. It's their God. It's Jehovah God. That's the whole point of Israel being different so that they would see Israel's God and know God's plan to send the Savior. They had to be different. We as Christians, are we like the world? Are we different? That's part of God's purpose for us. Number one, it's salvation. Number two, it's separation. But then go to number three, verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. When the King James was translated in 1611, that word perfect there did not mean the perfect like we think of today. We think of perfect as without any mistake, without any error, sinless. That's kind of the idea that we have today of perfect. But back in 1611, when they used this word perfect, it was not the way we think. It was more of sound or complete. The same way it says of Job. Job was a perfect man. It didn't mean he was sinless, but he was a sound, complete, mature man. That's what it says about us. The scriptures helps us in salvation. It helps us in separation. And it helps us in our service. You see, the word of God is all we need. I know there are a lot of churches or so-called churches out there. Oh, we need this revelation and we need this. No, you look at what it says. The scriptures is enough. We can be complete with just the scriptures. That's it. That's all we need. Salvation, separation, and service. Very clear. God's purpose for every person. God wants everyone to be saved. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When you get saved, when you've come to repentance, then what? You need to be changed like Jesus Christ. 
And then when you are the person that God wants you to be, then you can serve. Now, how do you serve? What is it? That, why, why does God leave us here on this earth after salvation? Why don't we just go to heaven when we get saved? The person gets saved at the altar, boom, they go to heaven. Wow, you know that one got saved because they're gone. Wouldn't that be something? But then what about us who are on the platform helping them? There's a reason that we didn't go when we got saved. There's a purpose, and that is to reach other people. That's what missionaries do. We go to other fields, other countries, and we preach the gospel. Salvation. What's the Great Commission? Getting people saved, bringing them into the church to get baptized, and then discipling them, teaching them what they need to know, what Jesus Christ commanded. Now, we're missionaries doing that. But what about here? Are you fulfilling God's purpose for your life right here? Are you out there soul winning? Are you, those that you've led to Christ, are you bringing them into church to be baptized? And then part of a discipleship program of some sort to teach them. You know, when we, uh, people ask me, okay, you're in Uganda, you're not in America, you don't have all the things that you could get in Uganda, or that you could get in America, and yeah, it's true. Uh, We don't have the restaurants, the nice roads, the shopping centers, all those kind of things, the things that make life comfortable here, okay? Not wrong, okay? I don't don't want to make you feel guilty. God has blessed this country. He surely surely has. But why has he blessed this country? To be a blessing. So people say, well, uh, why are you, what's in it for you? What what, what do you get from it? Well, it's not that I get anything, but I have the opportunity to see people's lives changed. And that is is incredible. That that is a blessing. And and that gives contentment in life. You know, God created each of us where we cannot be content without him. Uh, Go to Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 6. Brother, what time do you want me to finish? Okay. Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Notice in chapter 6, verse number 1, Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 1. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. A man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth, Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a strange eat it, stranger eateth it. This is vanity and is an evil disease. Even the things that God gives us, they don't satisfy. We think they'll satisfy. We think if I just have those things, I'll be satisfied. God never intended for those things to satisfy. Go back to chapter 1. Verse 13, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 13. And I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. It's like God put a hole in mankind that only he could fulfill. And without doing that true purpose, it's like we're not fulfilled. It's like something is missing in our life. And we can think that if I just do all these things, if I have all this stuff, 
I'll be okay. But that's not why we're here to have those things. Yes, those things help us do the work of the Lord. It's not just to have them and that's it. God has given them to us to be able to serve other people. Uh, America is a very comfortable life. And, and you say, well, well, you don't understand. I have trouble. I can't pay my bills and all that. Even in the hard time here in America, it's more comfortable than most countries. And please understand, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. Not at all. Okay? Because God has blessed this country. But why? To be a blessing. To be a light. Amen. Like the Jews. Now, I'm not talking about replacing Jews. I'm not saying that at all. But to be a light. That's why we are here. We have a lot of people coming from other countries. A lot of people coming into this country. And I'm not going to get into politics. But there's a lot of people coming into this country. Legally and illegally. Okay? Amen. It's the truth. We can complain. Or we can think. Some of them coming from other countries. And again, forget the politics of it. There are people coming from other countries where it's not allowed to preach the gospel. Maybe God has brought some people from some of these closed countries to Bakersfield because there's a faith Baptist church where they can hear the gospel for the first time and be saved. Amen. We can complain all we want about what's happening in America, but are we doing anything about it? How do we expect them to change? Well, they're terrorists. How do we expect them to change? By hating them? Not speaking to them, ignoring them because of their maybe different language or different culture or the way they dress differently. Maybe God brought them here so that we could give them the gospel and they could see the love of Jesus Christ because there is no love from Allah. There is no love in their religion. It's their leader or their God tells them to sacrifice themselves. Our God sacrificed himself for us. That's the love of Jesus Christ. Maybe they're here so that we can tell them about Jesus Christ. That is our true purpose. And that's God's purpose for us. But it's going to be hard for us to serve in that capacity if, number one, we're not saved first. That's number one purpose. It's going to hard, it'd be hard to tell someone about Jesus Christ if you're not saved. That's number one. Once you're saved, number two, be like Christ. Don't be like the world. Be different so that people look at you and say, wow, you have something different. I want that. Then number three, your service. We need help in Uganda. Amen. We need help in Uganda. We have more freedom in in Uganda than we have here in America. Uh, If you'll come, uh, I don't know when you're doing the video this morning, tonight. Okay. Uh, you'll see that we have more freedom to do things in Uganda than we do here. The door is wide open. We need help. But I don't think God is going to call you to go there and do it if you're not doing it here first. When you look in Acts chapter 13, when God called Paul to be a missionary, he was already serving in the church. He and Barnabas were serving in the church. You want God to call you? Maybe you don't want him. That's why you're not serving. Then don't claim Romans 8.28 because that's God's purpose for you. 
maybe here, maybe there. But wherever you are, God's purpose is for your life. Number one, to be saved. Number two, to be like Christ, to be separated from the world so that the world will see there's a difference and they'll want something that you have. And then to serve him. You remember Paul in his journey when he was praying about where God wanted him to go. He tried certain places and the Holy Spirit said no. God had a purpose for him. God had a plan for him. And one night he had a dream. And in this dream, there was a man from Europe. That's Europe today. Said, come over and help us. We need help in Uganda. But let me challenge you this morning. God's not going to call you to Uganda or any other mission field until you're busy here. Get busy here. If you're not saved this morning, please, the pastor, other church members, I know they would be more than happy to help you understand what it means to be a Christian. I hear it being saved, being a Christian, being born again. I've heard those things, but I don't know really what they mean. We would love to help you know the truth from the word of God. If you are saved, live like it. Uh, If we're saved, are we supposed to be different? What makes us different from the world when we get saved? We are different. We now have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. It ought to make a difference. It ought to make a difference. And then once we are the person God wants us to be, then we can do what he has for us. And we can fulfill God's purpose for our life. And when you fulfill God's purpose, there's a contentment, there's a satisfaction that God gives that things don't give. They don't give. We hear people all the time in Uganda, well, if I, if I just had a bicycle, if I had a bicycle, I'd be content. I can take my goods from the village to town, I'd be content. No problem. They get a bicycle, God blesses them, they're pedaling along, and then now they start looking at the motorcycle guys and thinking, you know, this pedaling is hard. If I just had a motorcycle, I could get back and forth so much quicker. I could make more money. I would be satisfied. I'd be content. God blesses them with a motorcycle. But you know, in Uganda, we have a rainy season. And it's hard to ride a motorcycle in the rain with all your goods. And so you think, oh, you know, if I just had a vehicle, then I could go in and out of the village. Even when it rains and sunshine, no problem. I'd be content. God gives you a, a, motor, or a vehicle. But with those rains comes mud. And you go in the village and you get stuck. And you think, I just had a four-wheel drive vehicle. You get the idea. We think if something, if we get it, we'll be content. You'll never be content until you do God's purpose for your life. And the blessing is you don't have to have all the things. God gives us a contentment when we are doing his purpose. And that is the true purpose. Amen? Pastor. And I think Richard.